Good evening, everyone, and welcome. Tonight's class is titled God's Master Plan, Part 3. And before we start, I want to share a thought I learned yesterday, and I thought it's something it inspired me, and I think it will inspire you. Last week's Torah portion was called, anyone? Vayetze. Anyone knows the translation of Vayetze? Tse means to go out. So Vayetze, Bashanos from Chumash, is Va, the Vav means, and Yud means he, and he went out. And he went out, and Yaakov Avinu left his parents' home on a journey to his uncle. That's last week, the name of last week's Torah portion, Vayete, and he went out. This week's Torah portion is called Vayishlach. Shlach means to send. Vayishlach, the Vav and the Yud mean, and he, and he sent messengers. Last week's Torah portion, Yaakov leaves his parents' house. This week's Torah portion, Yaakov is sending angels to his brother Esau who wants to kill him. Or he's sending angels to find out, do, does Asaph still really want to kill him so many years later? And we could see an amazing lesson in the names of the Torah portion. Last week's Torah portion again was called Vayete and he went out. It's, all of, it's the mission of each and every one of us to leave our home, leave our comfort and volunteer in Maimonides. Okay, that was just a plug for Maimonides. But it's a... It's a <laughs> It's a mission of each of us to go out and help someone else, inspire them. But the inspiration needs to be Vayetze, so we need to leave. We can't be stuck to ourselves. But the inspiration needs to be so big that Vayishlach, that we are sending messengers, the people we are influencing, are not only influenced themselves, but they're going to pass on the warmth to somebody else. Vayetze, and he went out, we need to leave. But the second step is not only to work with someone, it's to make that person so alive and so empowered that they're going to now be a messenger to share that warmth with someone else. Pass it on. Very important message, a message that the Rebbe always told us, right? If two Jews meet, one should give the other money to pass on to, to, pass on to a third person, right? The Rebbe always gave out dollars. And he said, if two Jews are meeting, let's not stop it here, let's... I'll give you a dollar and you give it to a third. We've now passed on the warrant. Beautiful message. So, we, lear we, we learned last week how a mitzvah is like a pipe. The pipe, how are we going to draw down God's energy into this world? Through mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are literally pipes. Your body is a pipe, right? Your body is a vessel for your soul. And each one of the different parts of your body are vessels for different parts of, that, of, the, of the soul. The eye, the ear, the nose, etc. Is your body one with the soul completely? No. There's a soul, and the soul is working through the body. But there's a body and a soul. However, so the mitzvot are Hashem's body. How does the energy of Hashem, how does the eye of Hashem reveal itself? Through the physical eye. What is the physical eye of Hashem? A specific mitzvah. I don't know which mitzvah that would be. What is the arm of Hashem? Another specific mitzvah. Each one of the mitzvahs are different parts of Hashem's body. So, I don't know, imagine, imagine all the 613 mitzvahs in a form of a body. Each one is an energy is each one is a vessel for another energy of Hashem to be revealed. 
Is not the various sephirot also used by analogy of the same thing? Let's leave that for now. The Torah is Hashem. If you remember last week, I gave you the example of someone who's building a house. When you're building the house, that's not what you want. You want the house completed. When you do mitzvot, you're drawing down godliness. But we want godliness down here. We don't want the action. Let, let me. Do you remember we discussed this last week? Did we? The ultimate reason for the mitzvah is to draw down godliness. Through the mitzvah, God is drawn down. So the mitzvah is a conduit, is a vessel for that to happen. In the words of Kabbalah again, mitzvos are Hashem's body. Torah is Hashem. Torah is so much greater in this aspect than mitzvos because Torah is Hashem. Gershon, I, I, I can't see you, so I feel like I'm not connecting oh, with you. Do you mind moving a little bit that way? Perfect. I, I don't know if you're here. Maybe you're not even here. <laughs> Unless you were hiding while you're eating. That's what the kids do in school, right? You hide behind another kid so they don't see you. Did you not teach in a previous lesson that the performance of mitzvot is our way of reaching to God? Absolutely. We discussed previously that Torah and mitzvot, you could always find a quality in, in, in each one. But tonight we're discussing the quality of Torah. Torah, it, the mitzvot are a vessel of Hashem. Torah is Hashem. The, the Torah is Hashem's, is Hashem's mind. The Torah is Hashem's mind. Anochi, the first word of the Ten Commandments, is an acronym for Ana, Nafshis, Kisavas, Yehavis, I, Ana. It's Aramaic. I, Nafshi, my soul, Kisavas, have written the Torah and Yehavis and given it. I have put myself in the Torah. Any questions? Well, we, well, we, are going to discuss tonight. Sandra, I know there's no questions. <laughs> what we're going to discuss. To understand a little. <laughs> <get> a <laughs> what we're going to discuss tonight is how could I say that Hashem is in such petty details as is the is does the is the water kosher, or how could I say Hashem is involved in such petty details? as one person stealing from another one and uh, what you do to the thief that's where Hashem's mind is that's how I if I put on tefillin I understand I'm connecting to Hashem it's something I don't understand it's beautiful you're lighting Shabbos candles how majestic and wonderful it is I understand how we, how we connect to Hashem but how do I connect with Hashem how am I connecting with Hashem's essence by learning about one an ox that gored another ox what you should do to the first ox. How does that... That's where we're holding right now. And the bottom line we're going to learn is that Hashem said, period, I have placed myself inside of every single detail of the Torah. So much so that when we do Haggabah, and this is for men and women alike, when the Torah is lifted up, we should try to look at the words of the Torah if possible. See the letters. Why? Because the Arizal taught us that the letters, the, the letters of the Aleph base have holiness within them. Hashem has put Himself inside of the letters. Again, so when the Torah is lifted, you should literally try and see if you could see the letters. 
to be specific, it may be hard from the woman's section, but to be specific is actually accustomed to see if you can find one of the letters of your name. What letters of your name? Lashon HaKodesh. Because, remember, your energy comes from your Hebrew name. So the letters of your Hebrew name are the conduit for your energy. So try and find that conduit in the Torah itself. Okay. Let's see this inside. If I lost you, don't worry about what I said. Let's worry about what the Tanya says. Page 96, we're in the middle of chapter 23. Right-hand column. First paragraph. Fifth line from the top. In contrast to mitzvot, which are only a conduit for Hashem, as for the thought and meditation in the words of the Torah. And where does thought and meditation take place? It takes place that are in the brain and the power of speech. Remind me, how many of the three garments have we just mentioned here? Mind and power of speech are how many of the three garments? Two. Two. That is in the mouth. These being the innermost garments, machshava, vidib, or thought and speech. There's, there's three garments, Millie. Everything Hashem let us, everything we do can be categorized in three garments. Your thoughts, speech, or action. So Torah doesn't have, we don't learn Torah with our action. We learn Torah with our thought and speech, our innermost garments. These being the innermost garments of the Divine Soul. And not to mention the Divine Soul itself, which is enclosed in them, in the garments. When a person learns Torah, amazing words, all of them are completely merged in perfect union with the supernal will. And are not, not merely a vehicle. Mitzvot are a vehicle for godly, God's will to be drawn down. Torah is God. If you want to connect with Hashem Himself, it's only one way, through study of Torah. We discussed last week how there is no union in this world where two items truly become one. If you have a, if you have a salad, there's a tomato and there's a cucumber. If you have a smoothie, I'm sure at some point you could break down the smoothie and uh, still source each aspect of the smoothie back to its original source. This came from the blueberry, this from the strawberry. In this world, it is impossible for two things to fully fuse together and become one. The ultimate union, and as we discussed last week, that in this world, you don't want two things to become one. In marriage, we don't want a husband and wife to become one. We want the, husband to, we want the man to remain a man, we want the woman to remain a woman, and we want the man and woman together to, to connect. The only union where there's oneness, pure oneness, is with Hashem. Repeat what you just said. The only place of true oneness is connection with Hashem. So comes in, how can we say Hashem is in such mundane items? For the, for the supernal will is identical with the very subject of the halacha wherein one thinks and speaks. Hashem's will is in whatever the halacha may be. Yes, yes. You may learn a halacha about Lashon Hara and about if someone says inappropriate things, they're going to get a blotch on their, on their skin. You know what? That is Hashem. 
And you may learn a halacha that when you're out in the field, you have to leave off a corner, and if the sheaves, Hashem, that you are touching the essence of Hashem. You are touching the essence of Hashem, we're going to learn momentarily, greater than any other world of the four worlds can connect with. Learning, learning Torah is connecting with the essence of Hashem. Inasmuch, for, for the supernal will is identical with the very subject of the halacha. Wherein one thinks and speaks, when you're thinking Torah, when you're speaking Torah, that is Hashem. Inasmuch as all the laws are particular streams flowing from the innermost will of the su Supreme One itself. For so it arose in His will, blessed be He, that a particular act be permissible, or a food fit, ritually fit for consumption, or this person is responsible, and that person is entirely innocent, or the reverse. All of the details of Halacha, of the Torah, are Hashem's essence, are Hashem's will. It, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. Again, when we learn Torah, this moment we're learning Tanya, we are connecting with Hashem's will on an unparalleled level. It's, it's absolutely incredible. It's just an example some people give here. If you... If you talk to someone about a brainstorm they had, watch how passionate they get. That's their brainstorm. That is, their life is in that brainstorm. Today everyone writes a book, and every person's book is another brainstorm that no one else had before. But that's where, that's how you're really going to connect with that person. Hashem is in the Torah. So also, now we're going to continue with what I mentioned earlier, when you look at the word of Torah itself, the letters, so also the letter combinations of the Torah, prophets, and writings are drawing down of Hashem's will and wisdom, which are united with the Ain so blessed He is He in perfect unity. The Torah is one thing with Hashem. How could that be? Since he is the knower and the knowledge and so forth, we discuss this in chapter two and we've in and uh, one other place. When you write it, there's three people or three items involved in a book. There's the author, the sefer, the sofer, and the sepor. So there's a book, there's the author, and there's the actual story, and they're all. Separate, the author of a book, the story, and the book itself are three separate items. Hashem, the knowledge, the person who knows the knowledge, and the thing the knowledge is about. It's something we can't understand. Again, Hashem is the knowledge, He's the one thinking the knowledge, and the knowledge is about Him. And therefore, the knowledge itself is Hashem. When we learn the Torah, which is the knowledge, we are connecting with the essence of Hashem. Ourselves, our knowledge is not our essence. Our brainstorm is nonetheless not our essence. 
something we, we thought of. Hashem's brainstorm, so to say, is Hashem's essence. Bottom line, forget everything else. Just remember the Torah is Hashem's essence. When you learn Torah, you're connecting with Hashem's essence. Any questions? That, that was a simplified version. No, no, no. Really feel free to ask any questions. I don't... Challenge. Challenge time? I have a semantic problem. Incoupable. Isn't culpable responsible and incoupable? is to be responsible. Incoupable is not to be responsible. In that passage, somebody was not directly responsible because he may not have the knowledge. That's very interesting. I, um, oh. You're right. It's interesting. Pator, I, I was, I, I uh, didn't know the translation of that word, and so I used a different word, but correct. In the Hebrew, I'm looking now, Pater and Zakai, if you're familiar, are very similar. Pater means exempt, Zakai means winners. Does so that have in, anything to do with the rabbi's name? Inculpable and entirely innocent are, yeah, correct. Yes. It would be not responsible, similar, yeah. So now that we know that when you study Torah, you're connecting, not only is the Torah a vessel for Hashem, it is Hashem. Now it's clear, this and is the meaning of the above-mentioned quotation, that the Torah and the Holy One, blessed is He, are altogether one, and not merely organs of the King, as are the commandments. Mitzvos are pipes. They're conduits for Hashem's energy to come here. Torah is Hashem, and therefore Torah is much greater than mitzvos. The what we accomplish through Torah is much greater than the accomplishment of mitzvot. And it doesn't matter what the Torah is about. It doesn't matter if you're learning the deepest secrets of Kabbalah, or if you're learning the Aleph base with a kindergarten student. It doesn't matter. Torah is Torah. You're connecting with the essence of Hashem. Yes. Would you define what you mean by Torah in this context? The study of Torah means... The study of Torah intellectually. Are you using talking your mind. about only the five books or the, the whole corpus? I'm going to quote what the Alter Rebbe said. Could anyone share with me the, what the, the words Alter Rebbe used to answer that question? The Alter Rebbe is talking about the whole thing, if I remember correctly. Uh, they, the words are clear. Page 96, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 lines from the bottom. So also are the letter combinations of the Torah, prophets, and writings. The whole Tanakh. But Clear. it's more than that, right? Because it's also the, the oral Torah. Absolutely. Yes, it's even the oral Torah. The difference between the oral Torah and the written Torah in our context? First, the practical law. Very practical law. The, the oral Torah... It's not you. You are not you. You are not able to study the oral Torah. Or let me rephrase it. It is not considered studying the oral Torah unless you understand what you're saying. The oral Torah is intellectual. You need to understand it. The written Torah, even if you pronounce it and you don't understand it, you have learned it. You get a mitzvah of studying Torah by just pronouncing the words of the of the written Torah. But the oral Torah must be 
understood. So perhaps, Gershon, that is what we're saying here. That the letter combinations of the written Torah themselves are holy. The letter combinations of the oral Torah are not holy. The, the subject matter is holy. Should I repeat that? No, I understand. Yeah. So when you say speech, is that um, the words of the Torah and the oral Torah? Thought, speech, and action. Speech. Well, we don't. Ha- well, we're not. Just, there's no real action connected with the studying of Torah. Because Torah is intellectual. Uh, unless you're writing, maybe maybe if you're using your hand to, to write Torah thoughts. Is it fair to say that it is, rather than using the term in English, Torah, but to say the revealed word? It seems to me that would make it easier to understand in English. No, because even, even the parts that are, are not revealed would still be considered su- studying Torah. The revealed word? But were they not all revealed at Sinai? That's uh, complicated. We're, we're going to leave it for now. You're asking good questions. They're good, they're good questions. But they're, there's a, they're complex answers for right this moment. It's, yes? Um, when you were mentioning about the, the study of Torah, you said that like 10 seconds ago or something like sure, that. Sure, sure. I was thinking to help you understand it uh, is by, by actually doing the mitzvah it helps, helps you understand what some of these mitzvahs that are sometimes complicated to You're saying the studying of Torah helps you understand the mitzvahs? I mean, doing the mitzvah helps you understand uh, some things. Agreed. That the uh, action, doing such it, oftentimes like, will help you really know it. Such as like short cat or something like that. It, it, yes, hands-on <coughs> approach will always be the best method of learning. Good point. Good point. Yes. When we learn Torah, um, learn what kind of Torah, um, even if we don't understand it, I don't remember where I read it, but it's in the time somewhere, that um, even if we don't understand it, that, that is still part of us. And when, we're, when we pass from this earth, that goes with us. You said also the oral Torah? Can you repeat no. what you said? Um, I'm not, I don't know. It just says Torah. Yes, we learned previously that one of the methods of saving yourself from pain after one passes on is by reciting words of Torah, or even thinking words of Torah always. Is that what you're referring to? Well, just everything that we learn. I mean, I don't remember everything I learned, you know. And, but, but it's all still there. Yes. According to the Tanya, that's still there no matter what. Whether we remember it or not, or whether we understand it or not, is that... You know, it could be. I don't recall. This I don't recall. Um, whether we remember, whether we understand or not, for the written Torah, certainly. But I, I don't recall. It could be. Yeah, I apologize. One of the things Basha said that I thought was interesting, that I'm curious for you to support or not, is that when we pass, mm-hmm. everything we've learned, whether we understood it or not, remains with our soul. Is that what you were asking? I think. Or do we return to the point before we were born where we were taught all of the Torah? Hmm. I'm a master at digressing, uh, often from class. <laughs> but I want to tell you, I want to tell you, you've brought up a question. 
I must, it requires me to share a certain story. I may have shared previously, but it's, the story is powerful. Um, a, very, a very wealthy Jew, extremely wealthy Jew, one of the most wealthy Jews during his lifetime, passed away. It takes place about 30 years ago. And he turns to his children in his will and he says, I have one request, one dying request. Please make sure that I am buried in my socks. I want to be buried with my socks on my feet. Okay, that's an easy request of a billionaire. So his children, he passed on, his children prepare the burial, they pre <coughs> and they just confirm with the rabbi that uh, he's going to have socks on. The rabbi says, nothing to talk about. He will not, we cannot bury him with socks. It's not allowed. There's a custom exactly what, pe what, what is worn, and that's the end of the story. They were like these little slipper type things. Whatever, whatever, whatever everyone's going to, whatever, whatever. Know, but it would be you, but they, they're like, you know, like whatever everyone whatever everyone is buried with, correct? That's the story, and there's no exception. There's not going to be any specific. But that's because that's what the was. Right, right. So the children are really devastated. This was a bigger family, you know. And they're like, look, the one request and the, like, that our father had, we can't even fulfill. And uh, came. Okay, they, 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 re they agreed, the rabbi said, the rabbi is the rabbi. They followed through, and then by the Shloshim, 30 days after the burial, the father had written another letter. Now they open up the letter at that time, and the letter reads, My dear children, I'm certain by now you know that I, it was not possible for me to be buried in socks. And I was trying to make a point to you. That thank God you come from a wealthy family, but nothing goes with you to the grave. Not even your sacks. Nothing's going with you aside from Torah and mitzvahs. Remember the, you know, remember the most important thing in this world is Torah and mitzvahs. Very powerful story. But to answer your question directly, the 100%, Torah and mitzvahs go with you. Not only do they go with you, but Torah and mitzvahs go with a departed person. Why is it that when it's time for Yisker, there's always mention of tzedakah? The only way for us to, the only way that someone in heaven can be elevated is by people down here doing a mitzvah for them. In heaven, it's, that's the end of the story. You're not able to keep on, you're not able to do mitzvahs there. But if a child does a mitzvah for the departed, they actually are causing the departed to be elevated in heaven. So the answer is clearly yes. Your Torah and mitzvahs go with you. It's not like you came. Your soul comes down here to go even higher. So when someone passes on their actor, everything comes with them. Yeah. Okay. So now... Can I ask a technical legal question? <laughs> go ahead. Uh, is that um, Torah or rabbinic law or mincha? I'm, or uh, uh, I don't know the answer. Okay. Page 98, left column, top. Now, since at such a time, as a person occupies himself with the words of the Torah, 
Since when a person is occupying himself with Torah, the supernal will is united as it is in perfect unity with the Ain Sof. Blessed is he. When you learn Torah, you are connecting with the essence of Hashem and it's completely manifest and in no way obscured in the divine soul and its innermost garments. I.e. it's thought and speech. The thought and speech of Torah and Mitzvot are completely revealed. There is nothing covering over the essence of Hashem. We're going to learn soon how there are many times you could do things, but everything is concealed. When someone is learning Torah, they are connecting with Hashem, and it's a revealed connection. Hashem is revealed within that connection. And if in your mind Hashem is revealed, it follows that the soul and its garments are also at such time veritably, veritably united with the Ain Sof, blessed is He in perfect union. Like the union of the speech and thought of the Holy One, blessed is He. With His essence and being as mentioned above. If your thought is, and speech is connected with the essence of Hashem, at the time we're learning Torah, so it, it's all revealed within you. The essence of Hashem is not only one with you, but it's revealed within you at the time that we're learning Torah. At this moment, 8.49 p.m., Hashem is, re- his e- we're learning Torah, Hashem's essence is revealed inside of each and every one of us. For there is no separate thing. We've learned previously that everything is Hashem. We learned about the unity of Hashem. And only if, if we conceal Hashem, is Hashem not with us? To, to our imagination. But when you're learning Torah, there is no separate thing except through concealment of the countenance, as explained there. Hashem is really everywhere. And when we're learning Torah, that connection with Hashem is revealed. Right now we're learning Torah and Hashem's unity with us in the highest way is revealed. And the union is so great we're going to learn it is greater than any other union of Hashem with the highest world. We know that there are four worlds. We know we live in, in the lowest of all worlds. Just to quickly explain. Hashem's essence is revealed in us, in us when we learn Torah. But Hashem's essence cannot be revealed anywhere else. In all of the higher world, Hashem's essence is not revealed. Only in this world. That means the connection of studying Torah is not only unparalleled within this physical world. It's unparalleled in all of the spiritual worlds. None of the spiritual worlds are able to accomplish what we are accomplishing at this moment. This minute, we are, un- we are accomplishing something through our learning of Torah that no other existence, physical or spiritual, can accomplish. What for? Do I miss something? What for? He's about to tell us. Why are you asking? No. 
No, what are the four realms? Oh, what are the four worlds? They are Atsilus, Berea, Yitzira, and Asiya. Um, to, quick, to quickly review, and for more, I, um, I'm going to refer you back to chapter 2, th- two and 3. But to quickly review, in order for this world to come to be, you see, Hashem can do everything, of course. So Hashem could have snapped his fingers and had a physical world. But that's not what Hashem did. Hashem made a master plan. And he made a, a, he made a chain of events, contractions, concealments, a whole to-do. Why was that all necessary? Why didn't Hashem wake up one Monday morning and snap his fingers and the world is here? Why was this whole universe and, and chain of creation necessary? Why? The truth is, it's a very fascinating point. If Hashem had snapped His fingers and created the world, there would be Hashem in the world and no connection between the two. Hashem wants that Hashem and the world should be one. And the only way, or, or the way that Hashem allowed that to happen, was by making the two have a connection. So although there are so many different contractions and concealments that allow the world to happen. But this, there's a direct route from this world back to the essence of Hashem. Let me repeat that point again. Hashem created the world in a fashion where we have a direct sourcing back to the essence of Hashem. How could that be if Hashem is spiritual and we're physical? Through a myriad of contractions and concealments. Why? so that we're able to to connect with Hashem. In a very basic way, how can we learn about this order of creation? And that is understanding the four worlds. Hashem is the world of Atsilos. The world of Atsilos means Eitzel, by, near, near Hashem. That's the highest world. Basically, the highest world is Hashem. The the second world is the world of Berea. What does Berea mean? Creation. All of a sudden, Hashem decided, now I want there to be an idea of creation. I want the idea of creation to now exist. That's, okay, that's a massive jump. We've jumped from from Hashem and only Hashem to all of a sudden the ability for another existence. That's the second world. The ability for another existence. But that ability for another existence has no shape. And that that is the third world. The third world is called Yitzira. Yitzira means form. All of a sudden this idea of existence now is getting a form. Well, the form needs to be physical. And that is the fourth world. We live in the fourth world called Asiya. Action. This is where everything is, is completely formed. So let's repeat back the four worlds. The four worlds are Atsilos, Hashem, Bria, creation, the idea of Yitzira, forming, and Asiya, physical action. And when we learn Torah, we are connecting with Hashem greater than all four, four worlds. Why? Let's see it inside. 
Moreover, the beginning of a line, moreover, middle of the second, in middle of the left column, page 98, moreover, their union, the union of a human being learning Torah, the union of a Jew learning Torah is even of a higher and profounder order than the union of the light of the Ain Sof. Blessed is he with the upper worlds. All the higher worlds, put them aside. Us learning Torah now is even greater. Why? Since the supernal will is actually manifest in the soul and its garments when they are engaged in the Torah. Hashem is, con- is in your soul because it is identical with the Torah. The Torah, you have learned Torah, now it's within you. And you're one with the essence of Hashem. While all the supernal worlds and re- worlds receive their vitality from the light and life that are derived from the Torah. That means all of the higher worlds, they get a ray from the energy of the Torah, but not the Torah itself. When we learn Torah, we're getting the essence of Hashem itself. Wait a minute. You said something extremely important there that requires understanding. Energy of of the Torah versus the Torah itself. That's right. Can you go over that again? Absolutely. Let's imagine the Torah is a light. So are you connecting to the light or are you connecting to a ray of the light? When you connect with the Torah, you're connecting with the essence of light. The upper worlds are getting a ray from the Torah. A ray from Hashem. When we learn Torah, we're accepting it, we're connecting with Hashem itself. All the higher worlds are only getting a ray from the Torah. Let's see that inside. All the supernal worlds receive their vitality from the light and life that are derived from the Torah, which is His will and wisdom. Blessed is He. As it is written, You have made them all with wisdom. So the entire universe was made with Hashem's wisdom. But what does that mean? Hashem's wisdom is greater. Everything is made with wisdom. But wisdom itself is greater. Thus, His wisdom, the Torah, is above them all. The wisdom is creating everything, but greater than everything. And it is identical with His will, blessed is He, which is described as encompassing all worlds. The Everything was created from a ray of Hashem. And even that ray itself only encompasses the world. It can't unite with the world. We learn that there is encompassing light and there is internal light, makif and sovev. The energy of Hashem that is empowering the worlds is not even able to permeate the higher world could only encompass them. It's too great. And that same energy which is too great to encompass the highest of all worlds is now inside of Sarah, Mili, Gershon. It's right now inside of you. The same energy which is... Uh, uh, um, remind me your name again. Elisheva. It's inside of each and every one of us. But how could that be? I'm not as great as the higher worlds. So how could it be that the essence of Hashem could only encompass the higher worlds but is able to come inside of us? And here we're going to learn a compliment for our, for our, our body. Our body being so coarse 
doesn't allow us to know that Hashem is inside of us. And that's why He can be inside of us. If we knew that, not if we knew, we know, but if we felt how the essence of Hashem is right now truly inside of us, then we would disappear. So the, because our body conceals on Hashem, Hashem's being inside of us does not disturb us. Let's see that inside of Tanya. Yet it, uh, top of page 98, that aspect which cannot clothe itself within the world, but animates and illuminates in a transcending and encompassing matter. Hashem is in all the higher worlds in an encompassing matter, manner. Yet it, this very light clothes itself in the human soul and its garments in a truly manifest form. It's Touch your body. Hashem is right now inside of you. When the person occupies himself with the words of Torah, even though he does not perceive it. We don't see it. Not, oh, but here comes the catch. And this is what enables him to endure it. How can it be that Hashem could be inside of us? Because he does not perceive it. It is otherwise, however, in the case of the upper spheres, being that the higher worlds can see Hashem. So that stops them from, from being able to have the essence of Hashem inside of them. Then they would disappear. Then they wouldn't be able to be a separate being. So our, our lowest, our, the lowest part of us, the fact that we have a body, actually allows us to not know what's going on which allows us to receive the essence of Hashem inside of us. Does that not contradict the establishment of the realization on our part that we have a godly soul in our body for which we are responsible? Oh, of course we know there's a godly soul, but we're not able to, we're not able to feel how that godly soul has within it the essence of Hashem. The, it, it's very hard for us to really feel that. So knowing and feeling is very different. We know the essence of Hashem is right now within us. But that knowledge is hard for us to feel. And because the body stops that feeling, we're able to have the essence of Hashem come within us. Does not Judaism emphasize that we should base our love of God and the realization of our godly soul should be based on knowledge, specifically knowledge of Torah, and not on emotion? Yeah, that's not a contradiction. Nonetheless, it is hard for us to feel Hashem. And that is to our advantage in this context. Because we can't feel Hashem, Hashem is able to come within us. So can you relate that, and correct me again if I'm wrong, but in the journey of the soul class, yes. right? That all the souls were created at creation. Yes. And they were in a warm place close to Hashem. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. and then it goes on this this journey, right? Of limited time, right? And when they pass, yeah, the soul, after up to eleven months, right? Or yeah, yeah, it, it then establishes in a place close to Hashem, and that's where right. the soul is feeling this closeness, <clears throat> right? But that's so. How does that relate to what's happening here when we're studying Torah in terms of relative? Closeness. Is anyone following? Okay. I actually, repeat it again. I'm not clear with the okay. question. 
So, in the journey of the, of the soul class, yeah. we were taught that all of the souls for all time were created at creation, and they're all there near Hashem, yeah. in a very comfortable, warm place okay. where the soul really doesn't want to leave. But it also is aware that the reason for its creation was to spend time once, right, or maybe more, right, here on Earth in a physical manifestation yeah. where it's matched with a body. Okay. Now you're talking about while it's alive, the closest it gets to Hashem, right, is when it's studying Torah. Right. Then when the soul leaves the body at death, mm-hmm. it eventually returns to a place right. near Hashem. Yeah. So is there any connection between um, how much Torah one studies during their life? It, it doesn't necessarily affect where the soul goes later in terms. It's still going to be near Hashem and it's going to return to that warm, comfortable place. You're starting to talk can about... I, can I rephrase your question? Tell me if this is it. Okay, please. Are, are you asking... Does our Torah and mitzvot in this world have an effect on where we go to heaven? So, yes, and. Okay. And in addition, you. So, I'm now being exposed to these four yeah. re- realms or four worlds. Yeah. And I don't know where the soul goes. Where in these realms does the soul go after I got that? it. I got it. I got it. Is, that, is, it, is it in the, the top one? The. The form or the, what was the third, second one? Creation. Creation. The truth is we, we actually, the Tanya directly addressed that question previously. And I, I, it's not on the top of my head, but I believe we said that Gan Eden is in Yitzira. Gan Eden is in the third level. The place of form. I may be mistaken. I want to be clear, but I believe we learned that Ganadin is in the world of form. Okay. So it's it's one level up. It's one level up in this context. This right. Everything has a lot of context. But yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and that's where you enjoy a ray of Hashem. However, when Mashiach comes, that's when the truth of Hashem will be revealed, and you'll at that point you'll be able to see how the essence of Hashem is right now inside of you. The lacking that our body creates that we can't see, Hashem will be removed when Mashiach comes. V'nemar, v'nemar, v'hoya Hashem l'melech al kol Bayom Hahu on that day, Hashem Echad will be one Hashem. Ushimo Echad, and his name will be one. At that point, everything will be. That, that passage is t- sharing with us that on that day, everything's going to be one. There's only going to be, everything's going to be revealed. May I ask a question, Mother Nathan Phil's If you do a mitzvah in the merit of somebody who's passed on. Yeah. Does that ever uh, affect where that person, person's soul um, goes to? Yeah, like the word elevate. 
I wasn't sure what that means. Right? You said it elevates. Each their world has thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of levels. So the answer is one hundred percent. The answer is absolutely. You're a, a good deed someone does elevates. And that's what we say when someone has a yard site, we say the nishama should have an aliyah. The nishama should be elevated. Yes, it should go to the next level up. The rabbi and I <clears throat> disagree on this, and I'm obviously in inferior status about this, and I have to find the exact passage in the 13 petal rose so that I can bring it in. See, it says there. But, nonetheless, I think he will agree with me on this, and it hasn't come up. The souls don't sit there, they recycle. There is not one soul that represents me that goes wherever it goes and that's it. That soul comes back and to the degree that I have accelerated my, uh, my, my journey towards being a, a tzaddik, whatever the continuum is, to that degree that essence will be transferred to the next mortal person to which that soul contributes. There are a fixed number of souls. We would run out of souls if they were recycled. There wouldn't be enough. So they go back. It's not, how do you know there's a fixed number of souls? They were all... Yeah, they were all created, but they could have been an infinite number. I heard souls are recycled. Not all souls are recycled. So not what? I heard that souls are recycled. Not, their mission has not yet been not all souls we learn I thought it's a maximum number of times right it's up to four we, we do learn that there is a I set mean, theory we do learn there is a set number of souls we learn that there's 600,000 souls but that's a problem because there's been a lot more than 600,000 people and uh but, but just to quickly answer the question, and that's what, there are 600,000 600, um, general souls, and each one of those souls can be broken up to, into millions of souls. So, there's, yes, just, just a kind of, I don't know if that was of help to the, but there is like, there is some sort of number, whatever that number means, but that each one of those numbers has myriads of souls. Okay, but there's a limit to how many times the soul comes back. You know, I'm just not well versed in that subject, I don't know. What it's worth, I heard that from a Chabad rabbi once. Well, but according to uh, Aiden Steinsaltz, Rabbi Steinsaltz, mm -hmm. well, I, I'm not supposed to. <laughs> um, no, no, that, that's a, look, it's a fair point. The, the Gilgulim souls coming back is an is a interesting and fascinating conversation. It's a good point. Um, did, was your question answered? I don't remember my question. <laughs> <laughs> let's summarize and see. Okay, let's put. Then I couldn't understand it anyway. Let Let's put it together. This, this is. Sorry. I, I really want you to take away these messages. They're very important. Number one, the unity of Torah is just is unparalleled. The unity of when someone studies Torah is unparalleled. At the moment you're studying Torah, you are one with the essence of Hashem. You are one with the essence of Hashem in a way that no other entity in this un in this in the spiritual and physical universe can unite with Hashem. And our body, which conceals on Hashem, actually allows for the essence of Hashem to unite with us. 
Just take that message home. It allows it, allows it but, it, but the flip side of that, we're not very aware of it. Absolutely. Absolutely, we're not aware of it. Correct. Because if we, we were, were yeah, go ahead. So. We weren't aware of it, then Hashem's... Then, then we wouldn't have free choice. We would just be Hashem. If we felt Hashem inside of us, then our individuality would be gone. Oh. And, no, and we wouldn't want to do physical things. It would be so wonderful. We'd only want to do the physical things Hashem wants. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be individual people. Oh, I see. But we, we are individual, individual just, like, like we're all individual people. Too. Even if it's just our neshama and no body, we're still mm -hmm. individuals. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, we're all one, but like... Well, what I mean individual is, you wouldn't have a choice of good and bad anymore. If Hashem's essence was shining in you yeah. in a revealed way, it wouldn't be should I eat kosher or non-kosher. It would be no question. It's Everybody like would be a tzaddik, but, but you wouldn't have any, any obstacles to overcome. That's right. That's right. There would just be one path in life. Um, and Hashem wants us to have free choice. Hashem wants there to be that ability of good and bad. Free will. Yishai, clear? Any questions? What's on your mind? I'm just uh, thinking we were digressing off of the main topic there for a while. So it was a pretty good digression. <laughs> Next week we're going to conclude this chapter and really put it all together, understanding how all good commandments, all positive commandments are inclusive within the first of the Ten Commandments, which is going to lead us to get into the negative commandments all being inclusive in the second commandment. We'll then wrap up a second method of how we could always serve Hashem in thought, speech, and action. And that's going to lead us to a really fascinating conversation on uh, depression, melancholy, and life. Tanya's going to give us real suggestions for life. Well, today is uh, some of the issues that many people are challenged with. Today we're going to learn some practical advice within the Tanya based off of what we've learned until now. Uh, thank you everyone for joining and have a wonderful work. Do we get our money back? <laughs> 